Welcome to the Creating Your Best Self podcast. We're your hosts, David N. Johnson and T. LaVon Lawrence. The Creating Your Best Self podcast is all about personal change. It's about creating the very best version of yourself so that you can help others achieve the same. It's about living your life with intent, gratitude, and a deep level of self-worth and happiness. In today's episode, we're going to discuss how to overcome your inner bully so that you can live a life of deep personal joy, success, and greatness. Stay tuned. T, I've really been looking forward to this episode. I didn't always have the best relationship with myself. You could call it toxic. But but once I started changing how and what I was saying to myself, things really started opening up for me. Relationships are the cornerstone of living a happy, healthy, and productive life. We've spoken about the power of external relationships a few episodes ago, yep. but no relationship is as powerful as the relationship that you have with yourself. I agree. Self-compassion is all about treating yourself the same way that you would treat a friend who is having a hard time. So let that sink in for a moment, right? Think back to a time when a close friend of yours was maybe having a hard time. How did you treat them? Yeah. Odd, right? Right? Think about exactly. it. So odds are yeah. you didn't you didn't yell at them and you nope. didn't point out all the things that they did wrong. Nope. You didn't call them names or belittle them. You didn't tell them that they were worthless and that they deserved whatever it was that they were going through. You did none of that. Nope. Why then do we do that to ourselves? Hmm. Why, when things are hard, do you talk down to yourself? What you say and how you say it to yourself is every bit as important as what you say and how you say it to a friend that's having a tough time. It's time that you changed your inner dialogue. Becoming more uplifting towards yourself, be, a, be quicker to forgive, more understanding, show yourself more compassion, yep. love, patience. Would you be friends with somebody that spoke to you the way you speak to yourself? Good question. Yeah, probably not. Mm -hmm. So how do you turn the toxic relationship that you have with yourself around? Uh, Dr. Kristen Neff, the foremost researcher on self-compassion, and there's a ton of research, that, research out there on it, she says there are three things that you need to become more self-compassionate, which is mindfulness, self-kindness, and a sense of shared humanity. So this is what T and I will be, will be breaking down uh, in this episode. Mindfulness is the practice of becoming more aware of the present moment. I mean, imagine if you had a superpower and it was to be able to slow down each moment so that you didn't miss the nuances that make up those moments and make them special in real time. It's kind of like being a studio, uh, one of those people working on a movie who actually review the film, you can actually take a scene if this was your power and instead of running it through real time, you can actually take that scene and slow things down, get into the middle of it and make changes. I mean, imagine if that was your superpower. Mindfulness is the practice of becoming more aware of the present moment, the moment that you're in, but also the moment that is inside of you and how the moment you're in is affecting you. Affecting you. Uh, mindfulness is the act of intentionally becoming more aware of what's going on around you and within yourself simultaneously so that you can have both 
agency and personal power to act and you can be a cause in the situation and have some power over it. Uh, mindfulness gives you the space and the distance you need from any event in order to be able to respond in order to be able to respond in that moment the best possible way. And finally, mindfulness accesses your brain's executive function, the power center of your mind. It shifts your your position from being a victim uh, of a self-created negative talk stream uh, to that of an observer and a manager so that you can make decisions not based on what your inner voice is telling you but based on what you can do in the present moment with no influence at all except your own will so becoming more mindful does take practice yes, right? as does. we all know it's not it's not easy but rest assured that it is well worth the effort yes right there's a lot of there's a lot of benefits of uh, of being more mindful which is it's just more than just self-compassion one is going to be of course that it relieves stress and anxiety yeah right uh, it helps improve your sleep oh yeah definitely better memory mm -hmm. stronger relationships be more mindful will help every single relationship now we're talking about your relationship with self in this episode but in this instance stronger relationships with others like your friends your family your spouse those relationships will become much more powerful the more mindful you become because you're mindful of those moments that you spend with them. You're mindful of the things that you say to them or the things that you don't say to them. So mindfulness, you know, is, is a great tool to help you become, um, uh, have better relationships with people. Yeah. Right. And along those lines, better self-control. Yeah, exactly. Right? Well, well, one of the things I've learned in mindfulness is that because the mind can't occupy two states at one time. You can't be happy and angry. You can't be distracted and focused at the same time. Um, you can't be out of control with yourself and in control of yourself at the same time. And mindfulness is the act of taking control in that moment. So yeah, you do get better self-control by simply stepping into the present moment. Right. It helps reduce distractions, which we talked about in the last episode. Yeah. Right. Because you're becoming more aware of the things that are distracting you so that yeah. you can head those off before they pull you away from the task that you're trying to do. Yeah. And of course, mindfulness in relationship to this episode of the podcast is that it allows you to be more self-compassionate by becoming more aware of the moment that you start to talk down to yourself. Right. That's the being, key. Right? Being, yeah. yeah. Being, yeah. being aware of those moments are, are going to be really, really important. So, so, when practicing to become more mindful, it's important to remember that to start small, yeah. right? Start really, really small. Um, and you'd be surprised the things that you see when you become more mindful that you didn't, that you didn't do before. And so I like to think as I start small, brushing your teeth is a perfect example of this, right? So pay attention to how you brush your teeth, mm -hmm. like how much pressure you're using. If you're going side to side, back and forth, if you're doing it in round circles, mm -hmm. right? Really pay attention to, uh, you know, which order that you do it in? Do you start at the back of the teeth? Do you start at the front of the teeth, right? Mm -hmm. So all of these things seem really, really simple, but it's just training your mind to become more, you know, more mindful of the moment of the actions mm -hmm. that you are performing. Yeah, all every small act that you do from the moment you open your eyes in the morning or whenever you wake up uh, to the moment you uh, put your feet out of the bed and you touch the floor with your toes, uh, as you get up and you're beginning to walk to the bathroom, uh, brushing your teeth, uh, brushing your hair, washing your face, getting dressed for it, every single action is an opportunity to pull yourself uh, 
out of your imagination, out of your self-talk, and back into the room with yourself to realize, what am I doing now? What am I feeling while I'm doing that thing? So don't skip it. Don't neglect any opportunity to come back to yourself. And like David says, these small opportunities are important. Right. One thing that I like to do, and I've talked about in previous episodes, that I do have a long commute. And one of the things that, that I'll do is just pay attention to my surroundings. It's so easy to sit in the back of the bus and look at my phone, which I do because I, I, like I like to write and I, I listen to podcasts. But, but you know, lift your head up. Pay attention to things that are going on around you. And so I, I live in Jersey. And so a lot of the people that are listening may not understand, may not know that Jersey is absolutely beautiful. Depending on the, the part that you're going to, where I'm at, I live out in the country. I live out in uh, western New Jersey. Uh, but anyway, but just kind of paying attention to the things that are going on around you. Um, you know, what have you, what have, I asked myself, like, what have I not seen before? So here in my office, yeah. sitting across from my desk, there is a, uh, a four-panel painting uh, that I love. Um, it's by Chris Rubis, so feel free to, to to look him up. But he paints with paint, of course, but also with, <laughs> also also with fire um, and uh, grinders, right? So it, it does he does it on metal. And so I look at it and I notice things, and I've looked at this painting thousands of times. And so I, I look at it and I look at the mo- the the movement of some of the grinding, and I look at it and the way it flows down with the colors that he used and the directions that he goes. Um, and I start thinking about, you know, um, how the light plays off of it and the edges of it. And depending on the time of the day and where the sun's coming in the window, it looks different. But the, what, what the whole point I'm trying to get at is being, practice being more mindful by looking around you and start understanding or start being more aware of the moments that you're being pulled away from what it is that you're trying to focus on. Yeah. And don't be, don't be discouraged when your mind wanders. This is absolutely natural. And is the real reason why I'm asking you to do this, because the more you pull yourself back, the more powerful your ability to focus on the moment becomes. And that is the very definition of mindfulness. Yes. And when you're uh, paying more attention to your surroundings, remember, uh, mindfulness is the ability to note what's happening outside yourself and inside yourself at the exact same time. So in the case of uh, the beautiful surroundings in uh, northern New Jersey, Uh, when David's on the bus and he's noticing those surroundings, he also notices the effect that that experience has upon his central nervous system. And you have that same ability. Yeah, absolutely. So as you, as you're noticing those surroundings, your focus becomes stronger and you live more mindfully in the moment. So just start small, just start noticing the things around you. Start looking at the stuff that you're already doing uh, and just focus on that more and see how you do it. And and a little bit later, we'll talk about breathing and and really start focusing on that. But Mm -hmm. an important component of mindfulness Mm -hmm. is curiosity. Curiosity opened yourself up to the moment. As we get older, we tend to focus more on getting right to the answers instead of focusing on curious thoughts. By being more curious, we take an active role in the moment instead of a more passive one. And that Mm -hmm. really makes all the difference. So T, how do we become more curious? First, Dave, you got to be curious about everything. Uh, Don't go into any moment thinking that you have all the answers. Uh, Your mind and your body are never not feeling, never not experiencing. You are 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Your body and mind are experiencing something. And every experience is an opportunity to learn more 
about the ongoing dynamic between your outer experience and your inner experience, uh, your outer circumstance and your inner voice and what it's saying to you. Uh, by being mindful, it places you in the cockpit rather than back in the passenger area. You actually step, like let's say your body and your mind are your ship, your vessel, and you're moving through life each day. When you step into the present moment, you go from uh, steerage back in the passenger area and you go into the wheelhouse of your ship, you grab the wheel, and now you have basically the executive view of everything. Um, because your mind and body are never in a state of not experiencing, when you're in the cockpit, you are now the manager, you know, in the, exec the executive functionary. What you want to be curious about are your body's physical reactions um, to both internal and external events. How do you feel when your inner voice is talking to you? What type of uh, tone does it use? Uh, how do you react when you to your surroundings? For instance, Dave talked about being on the bus and driving through pretty territory. Suppose you're at the beach and you're looking at a sunset. What effect does that have upon you? And what does it do to your inner voice? What does your inner voice say uh, in reaction to the sunset or in reaction to seeing a rose or in reaction to being in a crowded place where there's a bunch of people who don't look like you or don't sound like you. I mean, all those things are very important. You wanna be curious um, as to the thought, feeling, reactions that occur. Uh, and you also want to be curious as to what happens when you don't participate in the thoughts and feelings that occur at that time. You wanna be curious about what happens when you refuse to grab onto or get caught up within or participate in a thought feeling experience that pops up in your head. Uh, you want to notice how the world doesn't end when you turn away from negative self-talk. And finally, you want to observe what happens when you let go of a wrong experience and intentionally create a positive one by speaking helpfully and compassionately to yourself. You know, there was something that you said that I think is that I think is very interesting and unpackaged a little bit uh, is to notice how the world doesn't end when you stop talking negatively to yourself. Yeah. So we are are. You know, especially those people who are, you know, high performers, they're really, really hard on themselves and they don't do whatever it is they envisioned themselves doing. Yeah. And they really disparage themselves. They really start talking bad about themselves. They start yeah. they start saying, oh, you're not good enough. You're not strong enough. You're not smart enough. You're not good looking enough. You suck. You're horrible. And and I know those those types of things are not motivational at all. They mm -hmm. start becoming part of your, your system one. They start becoming part of your mental programming, your scripting yep. of who you actually are. And it starts to leak into the world and you start believing these things and you start, you know, you, you can't, you, it makes it very, very hard for you to be able to achieve the things that you want to achieve because of the things you keep telling yourself. Check out our episode on overcoming mental programming. We talk all about that. Yes, absolutely. So what T said is we'll notice how the world doesn't end when you turn away from the negative self-talk. What you'll start realizing instead of you know, going from a place of negativity and you start focusing on a place of positivity, not only will it get you to where you need to get to quicker, it will also create an intense level of joy within you. Yeah. So, uh, so another way to become more mindful is to breathe. 
Indeed. Breathe. That is that is the cornerstone technique of all meditation. Absolutely, right? So I know that's kind of a strange thing to say, but I'm not talking about the subconscious breathing that we're doing right now, that you're doing right now while you're listening to the words that we're saying. I'm talking about intentional breathing, right? And so in just a second, I want you to pause this episode, but listen to what I'm about to say first. So what I want you to do is I want you to take three deep breaths, right? Uh, and there's a lot of different ways to do this. There's the 888, there's the 438, there's a 444, which is what I'm going to talk about here now. Um, it's just to take three deep breaths. So breathe in slowly, count to four as you're breathing in. Hold your breath for four seconds. So don't breathe in, don't breathe out. Then exhale for four seconds. Just do all of it slowly. Don't rush. Focus on your breath. Focus how it fills your lungs up, the movement of your chest. Start really, really focusing focus on that and repeat that at least three times, but more if, if needed to feel to feel centered, right? So so really focus on that. So go ahead and pause it. Go ahead and try it. Uh, it's a great way to kind of recenter you into the moment, right? And so if you get to the habit of doing this often, um, it just becomes much easier. It helps you kind of put it in the moment, right? The easiest way to do this is to tie your intentional breathing to specific moments, like before going to the bathroom is an example, or something even more important, those moments you wanna be more mindful, is like when you walk into the kitchen and especially before you eat, yeah. before you choose what you're going to eat. Ooh. Mindful eating. Yes, I'm gonna bring mm -hmm. up that cookie again, right? Oh yeah. Before you eat that, I think it's like a fifth episode, but. You um, love that cookie. After, I do, unfortunately. <laughs> so, you know, being more mindful. So the breathing just is a, is a reminder, right? It's a habitual reminder of the importance of, of being mindfully in the moment, right? So when you start to breathe and you make this a little habit, and we talked about habits in another previous episode about starting small, and breathing is a really, really good way uh, to start small. So by learning to be more mindful of each moment, you become more aware of those moments when you talk down to yourself. Mm -hmm. So many times we aren't even aware of all the disparaging things that we say to ourselves until it's too late, as I mentioned earlier. Yep. So once you become more mindful of those pivotal moments, you can start to change what you're telling yourself into something to something more kind, yeah. right? Which I think... Encouraging. Exactly, right? Yeah. Encourage yourself just as you would encourage a friend, right? Which I think is like the perfect segue into the second component of becoming more self-compassionate, mm -hmm. and that is to be more kind to yourself, right? Be as kind to yourself as you are to others. Self-kindness is choosing, choosing to be compassionate to yourself when external life circumstances become more difficult. So instead of berating yourself about what you may or may not have gotten wrong, focus on reminding yourself to be patient and on what can be learned. This is how we grow. So T, we were talking about this earlier. What do you have to say about that, that inner critic or that inner bully, as I like to call it? Well, first, Dave, you got to have the courage to acknowledge your inner critic. Um, that inner bully is just a scared victim trying to protect you. But in truth, you are in charge of the inner voice. Uh, your inner critic is just your brain's feedback mechanism. And it easily turns into your best friend if you decide to give it some tweaks, tune it a little bit. Yeah. Right, so we actually have four steps that we're gonna talk about and we're gonna kind of go through these kind of quickly. But as always, if you ever have any questions, you know, feel free to go to creatingyourbestselfpodcast.com. You'll see each episode there. Leave comments and both T and I will respond to those comments. Uh, I Go ahead and go ahead and test that out. We will do it. We'll, we'll, we'll reply to those comments and answer those questions if you have. So step one 
is pay attention to the words that you're telling yourself. Really pay attention to them. Are they negative? Are they positive? How can you, you know, how can you turn those around? Which takes us to step two. Which is to replace your negative self-talk with something that's more positive. And folks, it can be as easy as paying attention and writing down some of the negative things that your inner bully tells you and then determining what the opposite of that is and then repeating it to yourself in that same inner voice over and over and over again until it starts to become uh, programmed. They call that affirmations, which is basically repeating a positive uh, version of a negative inner critic statement. So if your inner critic tells you that you're not good enough, obviously the thing that you want your, your inner critic, well, now your inner coach to say is that you are good enough. And, and if you take it basically from that creative standpoint, you can begin to tell yourself different things. And again, um, uh, repetition is the mother of skill. So when you're paying attention to the words that you're actually telling yourself, you want to replace it with better words. And it's as easy as going with the opposite of the negative that your inner bully tells you now. All right. So now that you've done step one, which is paying attention to the words that you're telling yourself. And step two, replacing negative self-talk with something more positive. Step three is to release your inner critic. How do you do that? Well, one thing to remember is, and I like to tell people this, is you are not your thoughts. You are not your thoughts. Because we have all we have millions of thoughts every single day that bubble up at any given time. Mm-hmm. And we need to choose which thoughts that we give power to because the thoughts that we give power to is is the is the person that we become. And so literally just releasing your inner critic just by saying, just like you, you know, you know what? You no longer have power over me. I acknowledge you, you're there. Let's replace what you said, but I want you to understand, you inner bully that you no longer have power over me and just let it go and move on. I want to put one more point on the idea of you not being your thoughts. Every, you can test it out for yourself as you're practicing your mindful, every thought, your mindfulness, every thought that we have gives the impression that it is the most important thing in the world. No matter how stupid or impractical a thought, it always feels important because it's coming through your central nervous system. It's occurring in your body and your brain at the same time. So it's always going to feel important, yet it's not. And by being, by being more mindful, you're going to be able to, to, to test for yourself, to choose your thoughts and let go of other thoughts and note the result that happens. And that's the importance of this. So the other thing, okay, so we want to make sure that... Um, we pay attention to the words we're telling ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to replace any negative self-talk with something positive, which is easy to do, uh, with repetition. And then, like Dave says, you want to release your inner critic. Your inner critic, put it in the proper perspective of being a servant who will obey you if that if you if you train it, as opposed to your daily taskmaster and master. And fourth, we want to begin to you want to embrace your imperfections. Isn't that right, Dave? Yeah, absolutely. Definitely, definitely embrace those imperfections. Yeah, it doesn't make you a monster. No, we all got it. Absolutely, we, I'm we're totally all imperfect. Fighting the same battle. And one of the things you want to think about, uh, there was a statement by a guy who uh, I started studying back in the early '90s when I first, even before it was even called mindfulness, 
Um, uh, basically, it was called spiritualism, esoterica, whatever. So, hey, so T, sorry, tell us how old you are without telling us how old you are. Oh, my gosh, dude. I, I lost track of the decades. I need a calculator. But one of the things he said um, when it comes to mindfulness is that humiliation is your salvation. Um, you can't look at your inner activity without seeing a few strange things. And it's like David said, you can't really judge yourself on that because remember these thoughts and these reactions, they're not you if you don't want them to be you. It's, it's a choice thing. You do get to choose your thoughts and your feelings. If you see something embarrassing, that's just another reaction, just another distraction. It doesn't really mean anything. You get, the whole point of mindfulness is to be able to let that go. If you feel something embarrassing, you notice something you don't like, don't allow your inner critic, your inner bully to use that against you. The reason you're looking is so that you can get better. So embrace your imperfection. Everybody suffers the same imperfections. We're all in the same battle. It's the awareness of your issue that gives you the advantage over millions of people who have no idea. Right. I think well said. Um, something I want to add to that is, and, and this is something I think a lot of us probably probably would think about when we're talking about, you know, practice more self-love, be more self-compassionate, mm -hmm. is, is David, how can I motivate myself to reach the goals that I want to reach if I'm not hard on myself? So I'm going to say is you can be tough on yourself, but you can do it without belittling yourself. So your first instinct shouldn't be to talk down to yourself. It shouldn't be to bash who you are, what you've done, because it's not going to help you get to where you want to get to. And I know what you're thinking. Well, I work that way. I'd like to talk bad about myself and let me know when I'm doing bad things. Well, you know what? Try changing that and see how far you get because you are better able to achieve your goals and live the life you want when what you say is in sync with what you want. If you want to achieve a certain goal and you're not achieving the goal, if you fail, don't don't talk bad about yourself. Don't give yourself, you know, uh, you know, a, a tongue lashing. Right? You understand that you are human, which we're going to talk about that in just a minute. So, but just like you said, is you got to give yourself permission not to be perfect. Now, yeah. this this isn't letting you off the hook by no means, yeah, right? That was my first worry. Yeah, <laughs> and it's not letting yourself off the hook. It's not. It's just giving you permission not to do everything right one hundred percent of the time. Yeah. We are human. Failure is part of success, and and failure shows that you're willing to risk for even bigger rewards, which yeah. brings us to our final point of becoming more self-compassionate, and that is to focus on our shared humanity. Now, compassion means to suffer with. To be a compassionate human is to acknowledge that we're an imperfect species, that we all, all every single one of us are fallible, right? So self-pity says, like, poor me, it's a way to let, to me, that's a way to let yourself off the hook. If you say, if you're telling yourself that you're not good enough, then you're letting yourself off the hook for actually fixing whatever it is that needs to be fixed, right? Yeah. So self-compassion helps you to understand that suffering is part of the human experience and connects us as one. When we understand that the pain we feel is universal, we become better equipped to show ourselves more compassion. And that pain can intensify feelings of loneliness. Uh, we tend to feel alone in our times of grief. Uh, this causes us to spiral out, even further out of control. However, when we understand that we all feel pain and grief, we don't feel so alone. 
our common humanity allows us to see our pain as something that we all feel. It helps us be less judgmental and more compassionate to others and ourselves. Well said, T. I don't think that I could have written that better myself. No so way I, you could have, I'd, I'd like to close out uh, this episode with a quote by Albert Einstein that expresses the importance of shared humanity perfectly. A human being is part of the whole, called by us, universe. A part limited in time and space, he experiences himself, his thoughts and feelings, as something separate from the rest, a kind of optical delusion of consciousness. This delusion is a kind of prison for us, restricting us to our personal desires and to affection for a few persons nearest to us. Our task must be to free ourselves from this prison by widening our circle of compassion to embrace all living creatures and the whole of nature in its beauty. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. We appreciate your time and are eternally grateful for you spending it with us. The next episode is going to be about forgiveness and how we can use it to get over our past traumas so that we can get past our hangups, love ourselves a little bit more, and finally be free. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing, sharing, favoriting, or all the above. As always, keep living your best life, keep pushing, and never give up on your dreams. We'll see you in the next episode. Yeah.